podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Friday, the day before we take on Chelsea at Anfield in the Premier League. A mid-table battle for the ages. Liverpool in ninth, Chelsea in tenth, separated only on goal difference and Todd Bowley's insane spending. Chelsea have wrapped up Mudrik. They've got Noni Mudeki signing today by the looks of things. Uh, they are absolutely shameless in what they're doing. They've had a bid turned down for Moises Caicedo, a player that we should have been looking to buy in this January window. But of course, you know, the right player and all that good stuff. How you could look at Caicedo and not deem him the right player, I really don't know, but it is what it is, and uh, we roll with what we've got because this lot can't be arsed buying the midfielder we so desperately need because why would you want to improve your team? Why would you want to have ambition and go and actually win things when you can be ninth in the Premier League? Going into this game, we obviously have some injuries, and uh, it's less than ideal. It is less than ideal with our injuries, but they do have more injuries. Now, for the moment, N'Golo Kante is back in team training, but or in individual training, but he's not going to play. Sterling is out. Jeff Felix is suspended. Dennis Sakaria is out. Chilwell is back in training. It would be a surprise if he played in this game. The same goes for Reese James. He's back in training but it would be a surprise if he plays, especially as they rushed him back the last time and he got injured pretty much straight away. Uh, Wes Fafana knocked you back for a little while. Brogi is out for the season. Pulisic is out for a couple of months and Eduard Mendy is out with a fractured finger. So they are in worse shape than us from an injury point of view. Uh, Darwin is back in training, so Darwin should play. Costa should be fine, but Bobby is out. Artur is out, Virgil is out, Jota obviously is out, and Diaz is our, I suppose, longest term, not expected back until March, which um, it's an awful long time from what seemed fairly innocuous when it happened. I know I know he's had a separate injury. This is a separate injury to, to the one he had uh, against Arsenal, but you'd have to imagine they're linked in some way or other whether the second one was caused because he was compensating for the first one. Five months he'll have missed when he comes back. That's that's a long, long time for a player to be out. 
especially a player that was playing really well when he got hurt. One of the few who played really well for us this season. It will be good to get him back, though, whenever that is. It'll be great to have Jota back as well and hopefully have a fully functional forward line with plenty of options for the manager. Getting Virgil back is obviously going to be really important as well. The hope is that he will be back for Madrid. If we have Virgil and Ibu in that game, we should have a good chance. Real aren't particularly good this season either. They're better than us, but everybody's better than us at the moment. Um, Yeah, look, this should be a decent game at the weekend because unlike previous Chelsea managers, Graham Potter doesn't really set his team up to just come and park the bus or to come and be negative. He often gets negative performances in terms of goals scored, but that's more of a system flow or a lack of talent than anything else. You look at how his team play and they are expansive and they're expressive in what they do and they're purposeful in their in their passing and their build-up. They've got good patterns of play. Everybody seems to know where they're meant to be and what they're meant to be doing. When Tuchel brought his team to Anfield, he brought them to get a point. Potter will come for three points. He did it with Brighton. Graham Potter came to Anfield to try and beat us with Brighton. So you'd imagine he'll do exactly the same with Chelsea, even with the raft of injuries that he has. His head must spin, though, working for that club, because obviously it was all a bit of a world when he got promoted and they started well and then they had an awful run and their fan base being their fan base they immediately turned on him because that's that is the culture of Chelsea and then you know having spent all that money and bought all those players in January a smart club would probably say well we brought 11 players or whatever it was in the summer Let's maybe see what we can make of these players. Let's see what we have in the current squad. But but not Big Todd. No, no. Big Todd has, has made five signings this month. Santos, Datra Fafana, Badiashile, Mudrik, and now Noni. And, and once more. And like, that's... I get that Bowley has this plan to sort of rebuild the entire team in 12 months and then not spend for a couple of years because of the FFP rules and the financial fair play laws in the Premier League, the profit and loss as they are in the Premier League. But, like, unless you've told your manager, no matter what, you're getting three years you're really putting him in a bad position. And there is going to be a fire sale at Chelsea this summer. There's going to be a lot of players that are going to have to leave for a multitude of reasons, but the biggest one being they're going to have to balance their books somehow. Like at some point, they're going to have to sell some players to bring in cash Jorginho will probably go, but that's a free. I assume they'll re-sign Thiago Silva. Kante, they're they're trying to re-sign. 
Aubameyang will leave. He might even leave this month. Joao Felix is due to go back to Atletico Madrid, but Nkunku is due to come in, so that's still that spot taken. Loftus-Cheek could leave. There's talk that Sterling could leave. Zayic seems a good candidate to leave. Zakari is on loan, but he's done quite well, and it wouldn't surprise me if they decided to keep him. Conor Gallagher's been linked with moves away. Koulibaly's been already linked with moves away. After that, it's hard to see who they get rid of. The obvious one is Mason Mount, and that's basically why I brought this up. Mason Mount apparently is somebody we're looking at. And I really like Mason Mount. I'd be very much in favour of us adding him. He's just turned 24. He's a proven quantity in the league. 13 goals last season in a team in which he played out of position under Thomas Tuchel, who was forced to adopt a negative style of play because of what he had there. But you look at Mount across the five seasons previous to this one. So he goes on loan to Vietas Arnhem, 14 goals in 39 games in his first full season as a pro. Then with Derby, he gets 11 in 44, despite being managed by Frank Lampard. Steps up to the Premier League, 8 in 53, 7 in 37 in the Premier League, despite being managed by Frank. Then he's 9-54, and 6-36 and 36 in the league in that weird season where they somehow won the Champions League despite not being very good. 13-53 uh, and 53 last year, 11-32 and 32 in the league. This season he's obviously dropped off. He's got 3-26, and 3-18 in the league. But Chelsea have been dreadful around him, so I don't know how much of that is on him and much of that is on them. But the thing that really does stand out to me is 39 games, 44 games, 53, 54, 55. Not a player that gets injured very often. A player with the right physical profile to come in and play for Klopp and a good injury track record. We've already been linked with Matthias Nunes. And he is 24 years of age. He'll turn 25 in August. But he's in the sweet spot of the age profile we need to address within our squad. And so is Mount. I do think Mount and Nunes together in midfield is something that would work well. Now, it's complicated by the pursuit of Jude. And maybe Mount is a plan B if we can't get Jude. But given he's at a contract in 2024, given that Chelsea will need to move players on, and there's been no real sign of anything being close in terms of an agreement for a new deal, I do just wonder if we might if we might want him and Jude to go with Nunes. Because the Nunes one does look pretty close to done. The question for me is, how do you make it work? Because in a three, that's not a midfield. A midfield of Jude, 
Nunez and Mount isn't a midfield. It's just three players. Nunez isn't a six. Now, how it could work is in a diamond with Nunez as the left-sided eight, perhaps rotating with Thiago. So Thiago, we'll want to manage his minutes going forward. Bellingham in the right side at eight, maybe rotating with Curtis. Obviously, Jude would play a lot more, but Curtis would be a good fit in that role. Mount as a 10, rotating with Harvey and Carvalho, perhaps. But it does create a bit of a strange situation in attack where you've got Salah, you've got Darwin... You've got Jota, you've got Gakpo, and you've got Diaz. And Diaz is the oddest fit in a diamond because he's not a front two player. Now, he might possibly be able to become one. But it's still five players into two positions. Now, that would require Fabinho to be the Fabinho we know, not the Fabinho he's been recently as the six. We'd also probably need to look to bring in a rotation option. But a diamond could work. What I think would work even better, though, is a box midfield. A 4-4-2 that flexes into a box where Jude plays right side, Mount plays left side. Out of position, they play wide. And out of possession, rather, they play wide and in possession they come narrow and play in front of the double pivot, behind the front two. And that shape works better for someone like Diaz because Diaz could play those kind of wider attacking midfield roles and he'd be a winger option as well in that kind of shape. Similar to when Sven-Goran Eriksson who created arguably the best box midfield since that incredible French team in 84. He had Nedved off the left, Stankovic off the right, Mount and Jude for those roles. And he had Conceição as a wing option, who he could bring in as and when in rotation for one or the other in-game or to start the games. And that could be Diaz's role. And then for the two front positions, you've got Darwin and Jota, Salah and Gakpo. That makes a bit more sense to me. I also think that box midfield would fit Harvey and Fabio a lot better as well because they can play those roles where they're out to in. We saw them do it a little bit earlier this season, away to Rangers, we played that kind of iteration of a, of a box midfield. So maybe, maybe Mount and Jude is the play along with Nunes. It gets us a homegrown player in Mount. It gets us two players in that kind of sweet spot age group. And it gets us Bellingham who now it's an awful lot of money. And I have extreme doubts about our willingness or ability to pay huge money for anybody. Mount, I think we can absolutely afford. I, I don't think that, I think 50 million probably gets it done. 
I think the rumored price on Nunez is what forty four, but the Jude one is the big one. Like if it goes to a hundred and thirty million, are we really going to pay that? It it just doesn't seem likely. Not under these owners. Now, I know they pushed the boat way, way out for Virgil, way, way out for Ali, world record fees at the time for players in those positions. And maybe they would be okay with paying a world record fee for a midfielder to get Jude. It just seems a little bit unlikely to me. But if we can get those three... I do think there's real scope for us to to change shape and fit them into a shape that would work really well. I think Curtis fits well as one of those wide midfielders who can play narrow as a as an attacking midfielder when we have the ball as well. So it might it might be the best use of the players that we have. Like I said, I think you'd still need one more. I think you'd still need um, a defensive midfielder, like a ball winner, to rotate with Fab. I do half wonder if they're thinking of selling Fab in the summer. But that's a chat from another day. Uh, main Liverpool websites. This is Anfield. Tactical analysis, how Liverpool lost their intensity and how they can get it back. Uh, this piece is written by Harry McMullen. I'm not familiar with his work, but it is it is a good piece. So uh, do check that one out there. The reality of supporting Liverpool, it's easy. Uh, Liverpool overtake Man United in the Money League. So Liverpool have the second highest revenue in world football and the highest in the Premier League. Uh, we've overtaken Manchester United. We're second only to Real Madrid now. And if you're wondering if I'm purposely leaving somebody out, I am. Because nobody believes they're bullshit. Nobody believes it. And all their fans parrot the same nonsensical line as if they've been sent it in an email and told to repeat it on social media. Uh, Gerald Kwanzaa is heading out on loan. He's joined Bristol Rovers, where he will get to play under Joey Barton. Hopefully he doesn't pick up too many bad habits. Chelsea fan claims Graham Potter is failing badly. Mudrick versus Trent is the key battle. Would be interested to see if he throws Mudrick in from the start. Would be interested to see that. Would seem like a a bad move to just launch him in from the start, but given Trent's most recent outing against Brighton, uh, maybe it is a good idea. Moises Caicedo, reality clear as bid rejected and Liverpool, no Todd Bowley and Chelsea risk. Chelsea had the bid turned down. Barcelona set Liverpool transfer test as club accept 65 million Jurgen Klopp target will leave. Let's have a look. Um, There's an injury update on Darwin. Club accept exit of transfer. Okay, this is... um, Milan Skriniar. I I just don't believe he's actually a target for us. 
Five-man Barcelona transfer shortlist. Roberto Firmino is on a five-man Barcelona transfer shortlist to replace Memphis Depay. I I doubt it. I do very much doubt it, but, you know, could be wrong. Liverpool have their own Erling Haaland problem as ludicrous Man City narrative yet to shift. Arsenal set to take 25 million transfer risk. Nonsense. Trossard was never coming to us once we signed Gakbo, so we weren't even linked with him. There's other stuff there as well. That that site's gone into the toilet in, while, in the last while. Uh, we have some new pieces up on anfieldindex.com. There's a new Tony Evans piece. And there is a piece entitled Stefan Besetic, Fabinho's Natural Heir. This was written by Young Henrolds. So give that one a read. There's a new Scouser Tommies and there is a new Rival Recon. So give those a listen when you get a chance and that'll do me for the week, folks. I won't be here Monday, but I'll see you Tuesday. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.